Hello, hello, I'm on. <laughs> good morning, everyone. It's so good to have some people in the building, isn't it? <laughs> and some more people, not just five people multitasking. You did an amazing job, though. Great job. <laughs> um, hello also to those joining us online today or listening to our podcast. If you're not listening to this live, hello to the future. <laughs> if you are tuning in online, make sure you log on to the church centre so we know who you are and that you're joining with and that you're here with us. Um, don't forget to register into church for next week because, we, again, we have limited numbers. Um, if you are new, a special welcome to you. So this isn't how we normally do our church service. This only happens once a year or so. It's our drum roll, please. <laughs> Takeover service! Woo! Yay! <laughs> The SBC Kids and Ignite Youth Tribe are taking over the service. <laughs> Woo! The only downside is I am in the building and not able to spam the chat as I was instructed to, but like that's hardly a downside when I could be here instead with all you beautiful people. <laughs> um, so I thought I'd share these Bible verses with you. Um, Luke 18, 16. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And 1 Timothy 4.12, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for today and that we can come together in person and online and celebrate being young and being your children. We ask that you guide the younger generations to grow their faith and become disciples to you. Lord, Lord, let every young person find mentors and teachers to help them on their path. I pray for an end to COVID, for people to work together to stay safe and beat this virus. I pray for everyone in lockdown, for the people working and learning at home will be strengthened by, by you in their isolation and that they will be able to come together safely again soon. I pray that our community can bring, to hope, can bring hope and light to those around us. Lord, I pray for those in our church family and all those in need of your healing touch, that your Holy Spirit would be at work in their bodies and minds. We especially pray for all those who need you in their lives more than ever, that, we might, that they might be strengthened through you. Lord, help us to be generous as you have been generous to us. Guide us to give, us, to give our time, talents and money to help where we can. I thank you for our church community and pray that you help and guide our leaders. I especially pray you'll help the young people of our community grow and develop into future leaders. We love you. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come here today with absolute thanks for the privilege that it is to gather in person again. God, I thank you so much for everything that you're doing across the generations in our ministry, God. God, I thank you that your love is vast and big and wide and covers all of us. God, I pray that in this service, God, and in this next song as we worship you, that we will hear your voice, God, that we will feel your presence. I thank you for the plans that you have for each and every single person here, God, the young people, the middle people, the older people. God, I thank you. I thank you for everything that you're doing in our church and in our community, Lord. In your name, amen. Um, our teen years is such an integral time in our life, in our decision-making and in our development. Um, I think it's also a, 
amazing time for us to really work on our own faith rather than the faith of those around us. Youth is important because as a teenager, we're at a time in our life where um, what you learn is something you learn forever. So uh, the changes you make now impact the rest of your life. Because youth is, is the future of the church and our community and being at youth group is a safe place to learn about the church and the community. It's home for some of our young people. It gives our young people a place to uh, learn how to love themselves, each other and especially Jesus. How did you start serving on the youth team? I started serving on the youth team as a part of ministry school, as a part of my volunteer hours. Lauren and Ebony asked me whether or not I wanted to be a part of the team. It's a real God moment. Um, I started serving with the um, stream team and I met the guys who are involved in youth. And when you're around people who've got such a passion for youth and for God, you can't help but want to support them. So um, these guys are incredibly patient with me and I watch them working with youth and uh, I just really want to support them. I love it. Just get into it. It's really important. Um, it's all about making a safe home for all, for all generations. I started serving at youth um, pretty much as soon as I finished being in youth. So as a teenager, I would um, go from school, just walk over to the church and help set up. And then coming back into church as an adult, I just started serving in youth. Youth is home if I knew it or not. Um, I had stepped away from my faith for a while and then started watching Tuesday Chats and eventually came back to youth. Why are you passionate about youth? I love the excitement and the eagerness for knowledge that those kids have. Um, it's such an encouraging environment to be in and to be a part of such an amazing team is also really fun. Because I'm around passionate people, these people who really love what they do and yeah, it is infectious and you just want to support them and you, you want to learn about how to, to support all parts of, of your church community. This part of their lives for young people is so important to learn about who they are and what they stand for. We are making such a big impact in their lives and they don't even really know it. I'm passionate about youth because it's changed my life and I see it um, having a positive impact on other people's lives. And it's just, um, yeah, I just think God's love is for everyone and everyone needs to know that. What do you wish people knew about you? That it's fun. It's really good fun. But apart from that, it's all based on scripture. We share the word, we learn about God's word and we learn about our identity in Christ. It's a really great place to learn. I wish people knew that it wasn't just loud and exciting games. It's also quiet God moments and just amazing time to help those kids know exactly who Jesus is. It's chaotic, crazy and fun, but it's also a place where people are growing uh, and you can just like see it happen as they go through youth and it's very special for us to see. I wish people knew um, that youth isn't just fun and that we do talk about Jesus. It is a little bit chaotic, but um, we're building relationships with God. Why do you think youth leadership is important? I think youth leadership is so important because all of our youth need to have someone in their life that's not just a parent role, who's also a Christian. They need to have someone that they can go to in their life who has that relationship with God and that can share that with them. For some of our young people, it's the only chance they get to see Jesus 
in people, working within people, how they communicate, how they act. We are teaching young people how Jesus uh, looks in a person, opposed to just what is written about him. Youth leaders connect people with God. They connect our young people with God. And it's important that we are growing youth leadership in our community so that we can maintain that connection. I think youth leadership is important because without youth leaders, uh, the next generation, there's no faith. So without my youth leaders, I wouldn't be a youth leader. And then if I wasn't here for the next generation, there'd be no one in our church in 40 years. When you're ready. <clears throat> I, I get the opportunity to resubmit <laughs> my response. Um, 40 years is what you call a bad uh, use of emphasis. That was rubbish. Uh, what, what, <laughs> what I wanted to say is um, we're, we're nurturing the next generation now because if we don't do that now, there's no next generation, is what I wanted to say. Um, and I got to say that. So can we give um, the stream team a round of applause for helping us make that? And also the youth team as well for being there to make that. Um, because that's great. So I now have the opportunity to share my heart um, about youth. It was, um, we talked about it, but I just want to tell you uh, what youth is to me. So uh, youth is about love, about over all things. So um, it's about loving young people. It's about hearing their stories. It's about um, guiding their path towards God. So I'm going to get my notes open because I should do that. Um, so Jesus says, the two greatest commandments are this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and soul, soul and mind, I can't remember which way, it doesn't matter, um, and your neighbour as yourself. And then again in John 15, he says, um, follow my commandment to remain in my love. My commandment is this, love others as I have loved you. We need to love others because we were loved. We need to love God and then love others. Um, so I'm in a ministry, which I love, and it's exciting, I get to talk about it, where modelling scripture is far more important than preaching the scripture. So teenagers are at a time in their life where they're learning behaviour and not information. So it's the connections with their youth leaders they remember. It's the times we spend with them. It's um, how we uplift them. And it's about that relationship. And then what we preach to them, it's, you know, it's important, but they don't actually remember it. I was talking with Eb, getting ready for this, and um, I, I can't really remember, sorry Lauren and Brad, but I can't really remember any, like, over-the-top message that, like, stuck with me. Um, but, like, they all changed your life, but I don't remember them. What I remember is um, the times in worship, I, I was an emotional young teenager, and uh, um, the spirit would break me, I'd be crying in worship, and Pat Don would put his arm around me and pray with me. And I remember um, when Tom would share kind words with me and he'd uplift me, he was very patient with me in youth, um, and he's still one of my best friends, and that's awesome. And um, it was just my leaders, it was, it was Pat, it was Tom, it was Brad, who... Want, made me want to be a leader because um, we were loved, so then we have to love others. So I have a note, actually. Tom practiced uh, calligraphy. He was writing. I'll get it out. I'll show you even. Look at that. If you, if you can see it, it is amazing. Um, so he wrote this message to me last year while we were in lockdown, and it says, I'm excited to see what you become in life. You have so much God-given potential, and I'm excited to see how God is going to grow you over the coming years. It is a pleasure to be doing ministry alongside you. So thank you for serving the church faithfully.
Um, I don't know how you cannot be excited about being a leader when you have friends and leaders like Tom who are sending you messages, uh, uplifting you all the time. God loved Tom and Tom was loving me and God has loved me and now I'm loving the youth because that's just what we have to do. To remain in his love, we have to love others. Uh, I'm going to tell you a bit about Jesus because apparently that's what you need to do when you're on stage. Um, So Jesus' ministry was about three years and in the gospel there's about 30 or more parables and like four other discourses in Matthew about teaching Um, and that's through the other gospels as well. But there's only really like a year of teaching. You could probably even do all of Jesus' teaching and preaching in six months. So that's one-sixth of, is it? I think so. One-sixth of his ministry was preaching. The rest of it was spent in community, in communion. He was, uh, he was with people. He was loving them. He was praying for them. He was laughing with them. He was hearing their stories, and he would cry with them. He was doing life with them. Um, that's what ministry is. That's what we're doing in youth. We are creating a community. It's, I love youth because it's um, like the border of two great nations. It's Aubrey-Wodonga, so it's New South Wales, but it's also Victoria. It, um, we have these amazing church families who um, have amazing young people that memorize way more scripture than I probably ever will. And then we have these kids, um, these youth from um, our community, and uh, it breaks my heart a little bit hearing some of their stories because some of them may come from places where they don't feel loved or they've experienced things that I'll probably never experience or none of us will experience and that's like before the ages of 16, 12 and 14. They come broken to us. They come into our community and they uh, connect with the church kids and they are there, they're playing games with them, they're listening to the same things they are and they come to feel safe. They come for the love, and we're loving them. I think youth group is uh, youth is great because um, it's about making disciples. I'm a disciple of youth group. I found faith in youth group, and then um, I'm now making disciples. So we say this thing: uh, we're disciples making disciples. We're disciples making disciples who are reaching unreached families and youth. Um, and I think that's great, and that's what I have to share with you. So I'm going to pray, and then. A video. All right. Hey, God, I just thank you for uh, the opportunity to share my heart with the church and that our generations are important and that we need to be nurturing and loving and caring for the generations. We need to impart our wisdom to them, not just through words, but through the way we walk through life. I pray that um, my passion for youth can be caught by the church and that it's a love that I want to share and it's a love that we should be sharing. I thank you for this opportunity. I love you. Um, You're amazing. And yeah, I pray this in your name. Amen. I don't know how you can watch those quotes and watch those images and not be moved by them. Um, Unintentionally, this morning, we've sort of gone from two lovely, young, bright people. We've gone through young adults with Brock and we've got to old greybeards like me. Um, but that's kind of, that last quote kind of summarises my little message to you this morning. Um, that focus that children produce adults. The Barna Research Group in 2009, they're a big research group in America, did a huge survey of born-again Christians. They found that 43% of adult born-again Christians uh, made a decision before they were 13 years old. 64% 
made that, that commitment before they were 18 years old. 13% made it between 18 and 21. So it means only 23% made a decision for Christ after that time. And those stats remained pretty similar for the 20 years previously because they do this survey over and over. So of those making the decision before 13 years of age, um, half of them were led by their parents, one in five was led by a friend or a relative, but only 7% in response to some minister you know, preaching up the front and prompting them. So my question is, what does that mean for those who come from an unchurched family background, who don't have family and friends that know Jesus? You know, where is their hope? In Luke chapter 18, verse 16, But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. We have a clear mandate from Jesus not to hinder children coming to him, coming to their own faith and their own trust in God. And Jesus doesn't say the kingdom will belong to such as these. He says it does belong to such as these. It belongs to them now. Um, our motto in SBC Kids is that we want to be influencing a generation who will change the world for good and for God. Our kids will change the world they will carry the gospel, whether they change the world for good, whether they carry the gospel far and wide, that is up to us. That depends on the here and now. Um, I don't know about you, but if you're like me, I often get disillusioned by what I see around me in the world. Um, I despair for where our society is going and the things I see on the news all the time, of people's behaviour that I see down the street. Um, and I don't know about parents, I'm thankful my kids are now adults, but for those of you with young children, do you worry about the world that they're growing up into? From primary school onwards, our kids are discovering their own unique identity, their own personhood. So without Jesus, um, it's no wonder they struggle, it's no wonder we see young people turn to alcohol or drugs or falling in with gangs or devoting their life to sports or devoting their life to academics or getting a job and throwing everything at their job, um, that they experiment with sexuality, that they experiment with gender because they're desperately looking for identity. But they won't find it in any of those places because only God holds their true identity. And if they don't know that, it's no wonder so many of our young people just give up on life. And we know that's a statistic. It's a horrible statistic, but it's a real statistic. But they give up because they have no hope. They can't find their identity. They don't see a purpose in life. We have a chance to change the world. We hold in our hands the answer to um, humanity and society for improving it for the good. It's, it's up to you. A dedicated number of leaders can only run a certain number of programs. They can only reach a certain number of kids with the hope of the gospel. In Romans chapter 10, verses 13 to 15, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? It is written how beautiful are feet of those who bring good news. Playgroup, creche, kids, youth, they all need you to help. There's so many roles in there. Um, Like you heard the youth guys talking about, youth isn't just about big, loud games and things like that. There's one-to-one interaction with kids. There's talking with families. There's working on the practical side of things, of preparing things or supporting them while they're running programs. Uh, Even in prayer, supporting them in prayer where you may hardly ever see a young person face-to-face. Our young people and our families who are mentoring them and providing those role models for them are our future. I mean, we're really blessed in our church to have multiple generations. You know, we have newborns through to 90-year-olds as an active part of our church, and we are really blessed to have that. But that only happens because people like you has given their time to reach out to young people and reach out with that good news that they're loved by God. We have so many kids in our community depending on us to be that bridge so that they can be first-generation Christians and maybe the first in their family for who knows how long. Um, My view is a very biased one because I'm sold out for kids' ministry and have been for decades. Um, But without bringing kids to Christ, for me, I sort of think, well, what's the point of church? You know, is it to help heal heal, um, wounds of mistakes that we've made? To help us discover our true identities after wasting half a lifetime? Uh, Is to commiserate with each other on our wasted opportunities in our lives? It reminds me of that story, you know, there's this lovely scenic cliff and people keep going to the cliff to look, look out and they'll keep falling off the cliff. So the local people think, oh, we need a first aid station at the bottom. Oh, no, we actually, we need an ambulance service at the bottom because, you know, people are injuring themselves when they fall off this cliff. And then someone suggests, well, why don't you build a fence at the top? And I think the church needs to be both. We need to be the people who help the broken at the bottom of that cliff. But we need to be the people who build a fence at the top for our young people before they're broken, before they're hurt. Just imagine for a moment, a church full of young people who were confident in their identity, who knew they were loved by God, who didn't waste their life chasing the wrong things or making mistakes and messing up the way a lot of us have, who married and brought up their families secure in the love of God, who lived and worked with strong godly ethics and priorities. Imagine that. Imagine what a force for good that would be in our community. What a force for God that would be in our community. And God wants to use young people. This isn't just about bringing the gospel to them so that they can be saved and live a good life. He wants to use them. He says in Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith and in purity. In Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 6 to 8, 
God's talking to Jeremiah, giving him a task. Jeremiah says, Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Now, I know in these two scriptures, they're talking to adults. But I think this applies to our young people because they reach places in our community that we can't. They're friends with people at school. They're friends with people at sporting clubs. They have um, an influence that can bring the gospel and bring light and hope to lives that we don't see. Um, So I think God definitely wants to use them. He wants to use young people to change the world. But how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? So I hope today you just reflect on um, what you've seen, what you've heard, the heart you've heard for uh, ministry. I hope you reflect on what God is saying to you. Um, re-watch the service, which we can do now. It's a great thing about having it online and stuff. We can go back and watch it again and think about it again, listen to those stories again. And ask God how you should respond to that message this morning, that young people need you. Can you be a part of influencing a generation who will change the world for good and for God? Is it time for you, like our very first kids song, is it time for you to press play and get in the mix and not just watch other people? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for our young people. I thank you that they are our message to the future that we will not see. And Lord, we have faith in you that as we bring your light and your hope to young people, that they will carry it forward and they will be an influence that will save this world. But I pray you move us to do what we can to help them um, into that future. Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.